this just a little bit today. Um, turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter number 5. We're actually going to be... Didn't mean to disappear there. Uh, we're going to be in 4 mainly, but um, I'm going to start in Galatians 5.1. Let me um, begin with with this, which some of you may have memorized or at least have heard. In Congress, July the 4th, 1776, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. And I'm going to skip down to the end. It says, We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress, assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world, for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, uh, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may have right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. This is parts of the Declaration of Independence that you, uh, I'm sure, have recognized. What was... Um, do you know what the Declaration was um, declaring freedom from? Tyranny. Tyranny. Under who? Do you remember? George. King George. But let me ask this. When they wrote the Declaration, July 4th, 1776, were they free? No. no. When did the freedom actually come? 1793. It was, uh, it was actually seven years after the Declaration was the, Paris, the Treaty of Paris was signed. Now what about us? We have been declared free at the death, burial, and resurrection of the Son of God. But I think many of us are caught in between the declaration and actually being free. We're caught between when it actually happened when Jesus declared us free 
And often I think we're living in between the two where he is declared as free and yet we still are under the rule and laws of a tyrannical ruler. Let me read, starting in, let me just read uh, Galatians 5.1 to you. It says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. Do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Now, I want to go back into Galatians 4, but I need to give just a, a little bit of background here. Um, so I'm going to ask for your help because if you don't have this, then you're going to miss what Paul is, is, um, is saying, okay? Um, Father Abraham, okay? He had many sons, but really there were two main ones, okay? Who were, who were Abraham's two sons? Okay, so you got, I heard Isaac, and Ishmael. (laughs) Call me Ishmael, right? Okay, now then, the Jews, the the people of Israel, okay, where did they come from? Okay, so this comes into Jacob and Israel, right? So Ishmael gets to be, he's got 12 princes, right? And he would become part of what we would call what? If you're not Jewish, you're Gentile. Gentile. Right? Does everyone agree? Look at uh, chapter 4, starting in verse 21. Tell me, you who want to be under law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons. Is that right? Abraham had two sons. One by the bondwoman and one by the free woman. But the son of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and the son of the free woman through the promise. This is allegorically speaking. For these women are two covenants, one proceeding from Mount Sinai, bearing children who are to be slaves. She is Hagar. Right? Now this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present... What? Jerusalem. She is in slavery with her children. Did you see what Paul just did? Did you catch that? Okay. You all, you all must not be Jewish. Okay. What did Paul just do? Let's, let's look at what Paul just did. He said, Abraham had two sons. Okay. One is the promised son, Isaac. The other, uh, by a slave, for, um, by Hagar, 
a slave um, son, Ishmael. Now then, he says, Who inhabits Jerusalem? The sons of the slave woman. The sons of slavery inhabit... Is that what it says? Am I, okay, am I making this up? Okay? Now, I, I wanted to point it out to you this way, because this would be a shock. This would be a shock to anyone who is, uh, has any idea of, of Jewishness. Okay, He's writing to mainly Gentiles, but there are people uh, that they call Judaizers that came or trying to get the Gentiles to behave like Jews. So he writes this, and this is shocking. He's, he basically says, all those Jews, that, people that you call Jews in Jerusalem, they're Gentiles, and they're slaves. Come on. I want you to feel this. I want you to feel the shock what Paul just wrote. Because we don't think about that even today. Right? But... The, is this what it says? It corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. I was reading one commentary. I, I want to just stick on this just a second because I want this to seep into your heart the the impact what Paul is doing. He, he said, um, you know, as Paul, when he... Um, going through his rabbinical school, you know, he would, it, this would be easy for him. Everything, okay, everything is corresponding to the promise of, of um, Isaac and going down to Israel and, you know, Jacob, Israel, and coming down and, and where the promise is all for the, the Jewish people who are in Jerusalem. All these promises are for the Jews. All these things, the whole Old Testament is for the, of the Jews in Jerusalem. And that's his whole upbringing yeah, I mean, if you know, there would be, you know, it's almost like a a, a punchline joke where somebody totally flips it around. Mm-hmm. Okay, like the like the Good Samaritan. You know, the the whole idea was, you know, the Pharisees are supposed to be the really good ones, and the Samaritans are supposed to be the bad ones. And all of a sudden, Jesus flips it and says, "It's the Samaritan. He was the neighbor. The Pharisee wasn't." And everybody went, <gasps> "Right." That's what Paul does here. He said. The Jews in Jerusalem, those are the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. They're the ones of the slave woman. But the Jerusalem above is free. She is our mother. By the way, in, in those days, oftentimes it was thought of that the, the capital city was thought of, of as the mother of the people. You had the king is the father of the people, and the capital city being the mother of the people. And that's what you're seeing here. um, Jerusalem above is free. She is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, barren woman who does not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For more numerous are the children of the desolate than uh, of the one who has a husband. And you, brethren, who, who are the brethren there? Right. But you, you can wave and say, I'm, I'm part of that. 
All right? You, brethren, like Isaac, thank you, exactly. The Galatians, most of them are Gentiles. Right? You, brethren, like Isaac, are children of promise. We saw that a, a few weeks ago, right? But as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so it is, so it is now also. But what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman woman shall not be an heir with the son of the free woman. So, brethren, we are not children of a bondwoman, but of the free woman. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. So what, what is this talking about, about slavery? You know, it, it's, there's this bondwoman, right? Which um, Hagar was a slave. Remember, Hagar actually was... Remember, Hagar was a, a slave, an Egyptian slave that uh, Sarah got when they were in Egypt, we're assuming, right? So that's why he's saying the uh, 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 son of the slave woman. So what is he talking about, this slavery versus freedom? Slavery versus freedom. You know, the idea of freedom a lot goes back to the Greeks. Um, And it's not a... uh, A lot of times we think of freedom as, as a... Uh, almost a, lic- a licentiousness, a, a freedom to do whatever you want. And that's not the, the idea there. The idea that the Greeks had is a, a freedom from oppression. A freedom, uh, their idea was more of a freedom of, for democratic government, a, a freedom of, um, from tyranny. Very much like what we talk about the freedom we have in the country. But it also is a freedom that we have under Jesus. We are not free to do whatever, anything that we want, but we have a very benevolent king, right? Mm-hmm. And in that we do have freedom. So what is this freedom from slavery? Look, look over... Yeah, we got time. Let, look over to Galatians 4. Okay, we're going to read just a little bit of this, starting in 1. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave. There it is again. Although he is owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. So also we, while we are children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. Now, what, just pause right there a second. What, what is the elemental things of the world? That's a really weird... Isn't, it, isn't that a really weird thing to say? The elemental things of the world? What does that mean? So are, are, we, are we held by carbon and by uh, you know, iron, the elemental things of the world? Worldly system. Okay. Worldly system. What's that? Teachings of the world. Teachings of the world. This is a, this is a, Pauline catchword, okay, and what it really is is the law. It's the law. You'll, you'll see that here in just a second. Uh, 
So also we, while we were children, were held into bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that we, he might redeem those who were under the law, the elemental things of the world, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir. However, at that time when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are no gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather be known by God, how is it you turn again to the weak and worthless, see this? You turn again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? He tells what those are. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that perhaps I have labored over you in vain. And he has kind of a little aside there. But let me, let me ask you this. Um, King, King George, we, we mentioned King George a minute ago, right? King George III. Um, he had a son. King, eventually it would be King George IV. What laws do you think King George the son, the fourth, had when he was growing up? You think he followed the same laws? I mean, King George III imposed a lot of, of things, these tyrannical stuff on the colonies, right? And that's what they were, were um, uh, they, were, they were really railing against is all these tyrannical things listed in the Declaration where he, um, uh, I've got some listed here. I can find my notes. Such a level you can't find your notes. Um, no, I'm not finding my notes real quick. Um, okay. Um, it was the chart outlines charges the colonists had against. The piracy on the seas, illegal seizure of property, kangaroo courts, etc., etc. And there's a list, a whole list of them that they list in the Declaration. Do you think King George the Fourth had those things? Hmm. Maybe not so much. It was probably um, you cannot fire the cannon in the castle. <laughs> okay. Right. They, you know, he had a different set of rules than everybody else. Okay, you know when you're practicing with your with your uh, bayonet and your swords, you're not to um, you're not to uh, crush all the knight's armor and go around and, and break all the the standing armor. Do not cut up the flags that are hanging in the castle. Right? They are probably very different rules. Now, what about you? As a son, as a daughter of the king, do you have more freedom? You see, he's, he's created us to be those 
princes and princesses, the kings and queens in the, in the kingdom of God. And he, because we are sons and daughters of the heavenly Jerusalem, we are a heavenly people. And that means we are not under the same law and regulation that everyone else is. So what does he um, give us freedom for and to, and to or freedom um, towards? And the first is the freedom from the law. And I'm, I'm using the law with a capital L, the law. Freedom from the law. Um, do you realize that there are 613 commands in the Torah? The Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. There are 613 commands. Can any of you guys keep 613 different commands? Can you remember 613 commands? But there are 613 commands in the Torah. And what it says is that Jesus came to, the, to free us from having to keep those commands. Everybody say praise the Lord. Praise All right. Now, I'm going I'm to get to it in just a moment. That doesn't mean that we don't have any laws to keep. We're not, um, we're, we're not um, antinomian. Okay? We're, we don't have, we're not a lawless people. Right? Okay? But what he's done is he's freed us from that law, the 613 commands that they said, we've got to do these things in order to be able to get to God. <coughs> a number of years ago, we um, uh, were acquainted with a Jewish family. And um, we would, on occasion, uh, eat together in this, in this group. And it was amazing to us and really broke our hearts a lot because the, this family um, was really trying to follow all the, the principles and practices uh, in Judaism, which I think there's a lot even today that they didn't have in Scripture. Okay, and um, to us it, it broke our hearts because here um, they, they were explaining to us that they had to... Um, uh, uh, even we were in a, a, a group setting and and um, they had to keep all their food separate. And we were like, well, can we make some kosher stuff? Well, no, um, they, that wouldn't work because your, your kitchen isn't even, your kitchen is not kosher. So we, you know, we couldn't eat it even if it were kosher because your kitchen isn't. And they would, they even, they separated their, their food out so that, um, you know, some of our food didn't get, con- you know, mixed in with their food somehow or another. They had, two separate dishwashers and they had like four sets of dishes it's because you know some were high holiday dishes and some were uh, just everyday dishes but they didn't want to you know two sinks so that they could wash everything separately and and uh, I remember the um, one of the kids coming up and saying mom I've got this other piece of, of meat what what's the prayer I'm supposed to to um, say before I eat this meat and it was a you know, prayer for this and a prayer for that and and to us we're going how can you do it? How can you keep all of those laws and those the regulations? How do you, how do you do all that? And it broke our hearts because the God that 
we serve is a God for us to operate in freedom. You see, the the Old Testament laws were a do not, do not, do not, do not, do not, and occasionally throw in the do, like obey your parents, but it's do not, do not, do not. But you know what, what the Lord did with us is he really gave us two. Now, I'm going to tell you up front, those two laws are very, very difficult. They're things you, you can try all your life and probably can never totally attain to. But I believe it's brilliant what the Lord did, and especially how he, he operated through Paul, to, to free us from all the do-nots and gives us two do's. You know what they are? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. See, you went back to the old one. It's not love your neighbor as yourself. It's love your brother as I have loved you. Remember, Jesus, I, I give you a new command. Love him as I have loved you. Oh, wait a second. You mean totally, completely sacrifice my life for my brother? Oh, ouch. Come on. And it says if you do those two things, it fulfills all of them. Verse 16 of, of chapter 5 says, Walk by the Spirit, and you'll not carry out the desire of the flesh. Um, verse 18, If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So we are free from the law, but we are under Christ's law. You know, what's, um, what's really great is... Uh, you know the Pharisees. What they would do is they would they would draw a law around the law. Okay, that's one of the things that the Pharisees did. Um, so the let's just say the law says um, you shall not go over sixty five miles per hour. Okay, all right, right. That was really really fast on their chariot. <laughs> but you shall not go over sixty five miles per hour on the Roman road. So the Pharisees would say, you shall not go over 60 miles per hour on the road. Because if you never go over 60, then you'll definitely never go over 65. Right? They did, for everything. You shall not walk more than 300 yards on the Sabbath. So they would say, you shall not walk more than 200 yards on the Sabbath so that you'll never get to the 300. They put a law around the law. How do you put a law around you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart? How do you put a law around um, you shall love your brother, your sister, your neighbor as I have loved you? Isn't it brilliant? He just destroyed Phariseeism. 
absolutely destroyed it. So we're freed from the law, and we're free to the law of Jesus, the law of love. We also are freed from the bondage of sin. We're freed from the bondage of sin. You know, um, I believe I, there was a book um, years ago, it came out in the 80s, called Bondage Breaker. And uh, this, this Christian author said over 80% of Christians are still in bondage to sin. And I believe it's probably still the same or more today. And what the Lord wants us to do is he's freed us from being enslaved to sin. He's freed us from being enslaved to sin, no matter what that looks like. Now, a lot of that is, is this. We as Christians very easily fall into a mentality of living in the old system. We still try with all of our heart to do all the right things. Not that you don't try to worship and please God. I'm not saying that. But we, we still put all these laws on ourselves. Now, I'm going to say this may not be exactly theologically correct, but let me just toss out an illustration. If there's no speed limit, how many speeding tickets are given out? Thousands. Hmm? Thousands. No, if there's no speed limit. Right? So, look, if you don't, if all, if you are freed from all six hundred and thirteen of those laws, what guilt do you have? What bonds are you in? It, a lot of the bondage that we have is because we're still holding ourselves in an old covenant type mindset. The whole idea of the New Testament is not is not a sin consciousness but a righteousness consciousness. We've got to stop thinking that that we are sinners. We have to start thinking how God sees us as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're not held by all these legal systems and all these little bitty laws. Like I said, not that we're antinomian, antinomian, okay? We still have to follow. We love the Lord our God. We love our neighbor as Jesus loves us, as love them, right? Which is still really, really hard. But it's a positive. Walk by the Spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Right? It's not follow all these laws. No, it's more the positive mindset. Be righteous and be holy because that's who you are. Walk by the Spirit and you don't have to worry about anything. It was, it was Augustine who said, love the Lord, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, love the Lord and do what you want. That's Augustine. Every, every, people say that um, Augustine wrote the theology and everybody else just wrote footnotes to him. Okay? So love the Lord and do what you want. Why? Because if you're loving the Lord, if you're following after the Spirit, if you're doing all these if, if your mindset is right and you're following after him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the laws don't matter because you're going to be following after him. Right? And that's that righteousness consciousness. And it, that helps us to break the bonds of sin. 
Because what we're doing is we have a freedom to love and a freedom to give and a freedom to follow after the Spirit. And then there is no bonds that can hold us. We have freedom from sin. We have freedom from the law. We have freedom from sin, um, uh, which is free to live without the restraints of sin. We also have freedom from death. Freedom from death. We've mentioned here and here before, you know, the, the law, capital V, capital law, from the Old Testament. The whole point of the law was to show us we couldn't do it. The whole point of the law was to say, if you break one of these, you're dead. And in the Old Testament law, it was, if you broke one of these, you were dead. They would, they would stone you. But it's even more than that. It's if you break one of these, you are spiritually dead. What, 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 what does that mean? Um, it means spiritual death is um, being without God. Okay, you see that in the garden with Adam and Eve. They're in the garden. And God says, if you eat of this tree, on the day of you, that you eat of it, right, you will surely... What? Die. On the day you eat of this tree, you'll surely die. And they eat of it. And then what do they do? God holds a funeral for them. He puts... No, what does he do? He he sends them out of the garden. Right? He sends them out from his presence. Did they physically die that day? No. No. They kept on going, but they did spiritually die. They were kicked out of the presence of God. Being spiritually alive is to be being open and having access to that presence of God. So, we have freedom from death. So, if you have broken any of the laws, you're dead. You are out from the presence of God. See you. You know what? It starts from when you're born. But when you say yes to Jesus, when you ask him into your heart, when you say, yes, I will follow you, you have freedom from death. Now, when does that start? Exactly. Born again. <laughs> See, we don't have to wait until we die to have eternal life. That's right. Come on, that should. That, uh, some of y'all need to take a victory lap. All right? You don't have to wait until you're dead to have eternal life. It starts the moment you say yes to Jesus. That's right. Amen. All. Uh, all the rights and privileges of sonship are yours, of, of daughtership, of inheritance, of promise. They're all yours immediately. Now wait, wait. The Jerusalem in heaven, that's yours. We are a heavenly people. Think about it. You have access to a heavenly city. Look, 
I got to close up here. But what that means is we, we need to be living in a new covenant, a New Testament way. A lot of times Christians, what, what we do, and, and, look, I, and I grew up under this, okay? I'm not, I'm not bagging on somebody else. You know, you, I grew up kind of a Bapticostal. <laughs> my, my pastor was a, was a Baptist minister growing up, and then he got filled with the Spirit, and kind of went, ah, what do you do with this, right? <laughs> but you still, you grow up under the, um, you, you, don't, you don't drink, smoke, or chew, or what? <laughs> right? There's all these laws that you follow, because that's what you do as a good Baptist, Right? No, we have freedom. That's that. Oh, I gotta say this, not close. Look, one of the greatest, biggest things that people have against Christianity. I'm talking about people who aren't Christians. They look and they say, "It's just a bunch of laws. It's a bunch of I, you know, do nots, do nots, do nots." And you know what? For the for a lot of it, it's true. That's how they see us because we've lived that out, and we've got to quit it. right we've got to show people that we are free we are the freest people on the planet we are the freest people in town we are that we we have freedom to love and to live and to have eternal life we have we we don't have to live by these 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 laws that bring death and destruction we have just love god and love others And let's let everybody else know that. What do you have to do to be saved? Love God, love others. It's about love. There's a lot of other groups out there that have, t- that have, have co-opted our, our stuff, right? <laughs> They've co-opted our arguments. Well, it's about love. No, we're about love. Yes. Last month, they had the rainbow flying everywhere, right? That's our symbol. <laughs> That's our rainbow. Right? It's about freedom. I'm going to um, I'm going to close here. But look, the freedom of God that we have, the freedom of the Lord that we have, it's it's freedom from the law. It's freedom from all those rules and regulations. We don't have to live under all that stuff. We don't have to live under the guilt. We don't have to live under the oppression. That's, 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 old, that's old Testament stuff. We don't have to live under that stuff anymore. It's freedom from bondage. We don't have to be bound to sin. We don't have to be locked up so that we, you know, that we have all the, these sin things that we, we can't get rid of. No, that's, that, it, it's freedom from all of that. And it's freedom for life. And not just life when we get to heaven. It's freedom for life here. Mm-hmm. All the rights and privileges of sonship are ours now. Thank you, Lord. For the abundant life that he has for us. So, I'm going to plead with you. Let's walk out of from underneath all those things. 
And let's walk in his liberty and his freedom. Let's love the Lord. Let's love others the way he is loved. We'll do it together and let's change the world. Okay? Let me, let me pray and then I'll dismiss you guys. And it sounds like things are already starting to happen outside, so everybody I know is going to need to, if you're parked up here especially, you probably need to hop out pretty fast. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for each person here. Lord, I, I um, think about those who still need healing. Lord, we, we continue to remember Paula and ask that you would heal her body completely. Even if she's at the hospital, Lord, heal her. Complete and total radical healing. Better than it was she was before. Lord, continue to, to pray for Pastor Kevin that you will they speed his recovery process and the healing process in his body. Let Lord let him um, have complete um, healing and recovery. It re- strengthen his body, every part. Lord, we thank you for the successes. Lord, we're asking for more. Lord, thank you for um, Steve and how you're healing him, and thank you that he's being restored. Lord, I I speak complete restoration over his body. Lord, that it'd be better than he was before. He'll be stronger. He'll be more alive. He'll have more energy. Lord, I speak a blessing over each person here this morning that you will bless and protect and keep us safe. Lord, that uh, nothing would be able to come near to us to injure us, to harm us, to hurt us, to, to cause us sickness or disease or to cause us pain. Lord, that that your hand of protection would be upon us and that we would fully walk in your blessings as citizens of the heavenly kingdom under its freedoms and under its laws and under its, um, under it, Lord, even the, the natural laws don't affect us because we are under the laws of the heavenly kingdom. Lord, let us walk in this, that citizenship so much more than the citizenships that we have here. As a heavenly people, Lord. Lord, I bless each person. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. Um, if you're going to hang out, hang out, we'll, uh, we've got a bunch of waters and we can eat and um, enjoy each other's fellowship until noontime.